1: Welcome to episode 83 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do. To kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Anne Pilot Paige Danelle Swenson Died Elijah Dave
0: Eggington Amber Ali E Catherine Roberts
1: Miranda Mayer
0: Shannon Crockett,
1: Andre Cruz
0: Aoife Gillespie
1: Charlotte Davis Marilyn or mary lynn mary lynn sarah harvey
0: purple dorothy
1: jackie knapp
0: paul redmond
1: tammy cat
0: vanessa valverde
1: ardell nelson
0: and heidi gray
1: thank you so much for being our patreon subscribers We we love it and we appreciate you and you are outstanding We have a new promo this week too. So our promo this week is Scry Podcast, which is another paranormal storytelling podcast that deals primarily in listener stories and real life encounters. So some of you I know will absolutely be all over that. So I'm going to play the promo now.
0: Welcome to Scry. A podcast that journeys beyond the veil that separates our realm from that of the shadows.
1: With this horrific grin on her face and then started twisting her
0: head, Scry features true tales of ghosts, demons, and dark entities as shared by those who experience them. Next to her was the reflection of someone else. With tensions heightened through an eerie score. And atmosphere-building sound effects.
1: You are not supposed to see me.
0: Stare into the obsidian mirror at scrypod.com or subscribe to Scry through your favourite podcast app.
1: And that was Scry Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you go and have a listen and like and subscribe. So our film review this week... Yes? ...was hotly requested. Okay. Our film review is... It follows. It follows was released in 2014. It has 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? How much on Rotten Tomatoes? 98%.
0: No way. Yeah, go for it.
1: After carefree teenager Jay sleeps with her new boyfriend Hugh for the first time. She learns that she is the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. Death, Jay learns, will creep inexorably towards her as either a friend or a stranger. Jay's friends don't believe her seemingly paranoid ravings until they too begin to see the phantom assassins and band together to help her flee or defend herself. What were your thoughts on this film?
0: Uh, There was a lot of things I liked about it. It was very well shot. The soundtrack was amazing. The story, the concept behind the story was a great idea. It was good. It wasn't 98%.
1: 98% is mad. Like, I think Rosemary's Baby was 96%. Yeah. This film is... What I really like about it is that there is no explanation. No. You you just landed in the middle of this weird scenario... Where you are as confused as this teenage girl where she has sex with her boyfriend and her boyfriend is like, right, now you have this curse. This creature, whatever it is, we don't know, is going to follow you forever in the form of a human being walking really slowly towards you. And if they get you, they will kill you. That's it. But you don't learn any of the background. There's no like you know we're gonna go read all these supernatural books and find out what this is or it was an ancient curse passed down from this old woman who wanted revenge there's none of that it's just this is the way it is fucking get on with it
0: accept it it's there avoid it it's kind of like a modern morality play do you think so it feels like it a little bit i think it's a clever concept but like the the moral of the story is don't have sex
1: Is it though?
0: It is, because you don't get the demon if you don't have sex. Yeah, I guess. But there's no way out of it. Once you've had sex with someone, even if you pass it on, it could still come back and get you.
1: Yeah, you're pretty much fucked in more ways than one if if you do have this demon attached to you. I mean, it's mad.
0: It does the stalking really well, I think. Constant sort of like terror of someone walking towards you really slowly. (laughs) It reminds
1: me of those old, like the Halloween films where Michael Myers never breaks... A sweat, do you know what I mean? He's always walking slowly towards his victim, and even if they're sprinting away, he still manages to keep up with them. Who knows how, mm. but he's is Michael Myers. It doesn't matter. And this is the same. So she flees, and she can get you know quite far away from it and give herself a bit of time, but it will always find her. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a
0: mad film, and it like breaks windows to get into places and can kick holes in doors, so you can't even just like lock yourself away.
1: No, you can't. You've
0: got to pass it on, which is definitely not sexual health advice.
1: No, I mean if if you find yourself with an STI, don't don't, don't pass it on to get rid of it. It's not uh, no, it's not it's not, not good it works, health advice.
0: No, no, but if you do have an STG, sexually transmitted ghost.
1: Oh, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> then that is how you get rid of it. But you don't get rid of it temporarily.
1: Yeah, cuz if that if the next person dies, it yeah. goes back to you. It's I figure so the way strange. out
0: of this is to get involved in an orgy pretty quickly. Have sex with one person at orgy at the orgy and then leave.
1: Yeah, then that person, you'd hope that that, that person, person was, would then
0: have sex with loads of other people. Was the hot pick at the orgy. About, yeah, mm. five or six people around before.
1: This film has like Stranger Things vibes, except not PC.
0: <laughs> well, it's not in the 80s either, is it?
1: No, but it it's like all these teenagers banded together. They don't get their parents involved. No. What's the point? No, <laughs> no. need. Yeah. No need. Their parents never know any of this is going no. on. They don't get their parents involved. They're just bopping around trying to solve this, how to get rid of this thing. And they come up with this. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody in terms of how they try and sort this situation out. But they come up with this mad plan that has no logic behind it.
0: But none of the plans can have any logic about it because we don't know anything about it. That's the point, I guess, isn't it? You've just got to try things. Like You know that you can forcefully make contact with it. And slow it down so i guess it's just thinking about it in those terms but yeah yeah it's good it's it's it is good it's not
1: it's not ninety. i think it's overhyped
0: i do think it's a little bit overhyped
1: the first time i heard of this film was many moons ago and i was in a pub in ireland and a guy was there telling me about this film and he was like it is literally the best horror film i've ever seen and he was ranting and raving about how amazing it was, and I was like, "Wow, I really need to watch this film." And it feels like one of those films that I maybe the intricacies of it are lost on me because you know, there's like you get cinematography, mm. I don't. I'm just like,
0: it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. It looks amazing. So I wonder if if that's part of the reason why people are are hype it up so much. Like it's I, just, just, it's different to Modern Horror, isn't it? Like I get the hype around it, but I do think it's overhyped. Does that make sense?
1: I think some of the forms that it takes. Mm. Are quite like freaked the shit out of me.
0: The naked dead dad on the roof. Oh at one yeah, point.
1: yeah. It comes in a very what's that film Veronica kind yeah. of way. She does. They she does have to endure her naked dad. So that's never good. But what would you give this film out of five? Four and a half. Four and a half. I did enjoy
0: it, and it's something different. And it, I can see why people get excited about it. I just don't think it's necessarily groundbreaking.
1: I'm going to give it a four. Okay, so that's it. Follows four ish from both of us. Mm. We seem to be on the same wavelength for films at the moment.
0: I think we've become very desensitized to them, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
1: But it is—it is nice. It's refreshing to watch something different. Yeah, to watch something that's a little bit more—I don't know—it's got a little bit more thought got into it than just constant jump scares or whatever else horror films seem to churn out nowadays
0: and they weren't irritating teenagers as well and i think they deserve credit for that because because teens can be irritating in films i think when they're portrayed in film they can be irritating or they have very big flaws that are annoying yeah but they didn't do it in this
1: ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Kind of. Ooh. But not really. Actually, no, not at all. Okay. I just, I don't know why I said that. So last week we looked at Robert Johnson. We did. The deal he made with the devil. And you know I love a good curse.
0: You do love a good curse. Like case. I
1: love a good hex. Yeah. So this week we're looking at a very peculiar and particular case. Mm. Are you ready? No. Rejection is something that all human beings deal with at some point in their life, it can be embarrassing and painful chipping away at a person's ego we revisit moments of rejection in late night episodes of insomnia and relive them wondering what we could have done differently people deal with rejection in different ways some get angry some use it as a way to change and some small few seek revenge Christopher Case was a 35 year old music producer his passion in life was music and he worked for Muzak as a programming director. Muzak had a bit of a bad rep in the field. They produced the quiet jingles heard in elevators and waiting rooms around the world, but Case was determined to change the public perception of the company. He wanted to use his passion for music of the ancient world to demonstrate the nuance and sophistication of the music they produced, and encourage the legitimacy of this type of composition. Case was extremely good at his job. In his personal life, he was a fitness fanatic and never missed a workout, ensuring that he took vitamins and supplements on a daily basis to make sure that his body was in peak condition. He had many friends, but wasn't a big fan of nights out, preferring instead to spend his downtime alone, listening to and analysing music and composing where he could. He hadn't had a relationship In many, many years. On April 11th 1991, Case attended a big business meeting in San Francisco. It was full of top industry music executives and was an opportunity for Case to wax lyrical about his love of ancient music and his plans to revolutionise the easy listening industry. As a whole, the conference was very successful. Case had been featured in the LA Times in the previous December and told executives passionately that the music that Muzak produced had the power to decrease stress, to increase productivity, and most importantly, to encourage shoppers to buy more. Case's passion and charisma didn't just attract the attention of music producers, but it also attracted the attention of a woman. This woman too had a passion for ancient music and her particular hobby was importing music from Egypt and Greece that was reported to be written by ancient people. The pair hit it off immediately, and Case, desperate to pick this woman's brain, invited her out to dinner. I guess it's not often that you meet someone with the same passion for something so niche. The dinner was a success. Case was overjoyed to meet someone who was as knowledgeable and zealous about ancient music, and he talked in feverish glee for the evening. Unfortunately, this was where Case's interest ended. The woman made a romantic pass at Case, and eventually asked him to take her home. What Case had seen as a meeting of minds, she had misconstrued as a romantic endeavour. Case politely declined, having no interest in pursuing the woman romantically. Many of us would have been in this situation. The burning embarrassment of being rejected by someone whom you thought felt the same way. The woman flew into a wild rage, fiery and hot. Her eyes blazed with anger and the hurt of rejection, and she spat her words furiously at Case. I... I am a witch, and you will regret this. I put a curse on you. You will be dead within a week. Case quickly left, and was completely bemused by the whole situation. On his way home, he called his friend, Sammy Soder, and recounted the whole bizarre tale to her. He was unnerved by the encounter, but not frightened, and after laughing about it with his friend, He promptly forgot about the encounter and boarded his plane back home. On Sunday, April the 14th, Case sat alone in his apartment. He was exhausted. Pale and drawn, he desperately wished he could sleep, but was too frightened to try. Chewing his nails, he sat and stared at the phone. He wanted to call somebody, but who... It had started the night he returned after his trip. Fatigued from travel, he had tumbled into bed and straight into a deep sleep. At some point in the night, he awoke with a start. It was the kind of awakening where he knew something or someone had woken him, but he couldn't quite figure out exactly what. He lay still, awaiting the haze of sleep to lift. And then he heard it softly and faintly a whispering the more alert he became the louder the whispering became he lay and listened straining his ears trying to understand what he was hearing human voices whispered throughout his bedroom he sat up in fright intently listening but there it was an indiscernible whispering of many voices. Trying to rationalise what was happening, he shakily got up from his bed and searched his apartment, but could find no source of the noise, and still the whispering continued. He prickled in a cold sweat, feeling unseen eyes upon him, and not knowing what to do, he turned to return to his bedroom when he saw it. A large black shadow ...moved deftly across the doorway in front of him. Something was in his apartment. Recounting the night in his head... ...Case picked up the phone... ...and called Sammy Soder. On Tuesday April the 16th... ...Case entered Evangel Incorporated... ...a shop selling religious items in his locality. He stopped and looked around and not being familiar with this sort of establishment, he asked the owner, Rodney Higuchi, where he kept the crucifixes. Higuchi pointed him to the back of the shop, and Case promptly picked up several and brought them to the counter. Higuchi was intrigued. People buying religious artefacts is not remotely unusual, but a man he had never seen before buying several crucifixes was definitely something of interest. He asked Case what they were for and Case told him that there was something supernatural in his house that was trying to hurt him and then asked if the crucifixes were blessed with holy water. Case returned home armed with his crucifixes and placed them at various points in his home. He had been poring through books on the supernatural and had made notes of the different ways that you could protect yourself from evil spirits. Not being a religious man, he decided that a multi-method approach was his best hope. He called Soda again and informed her that the nightly attacks were continuing. The night before, Case had been in a fitful sleep, when he awoke to a pair of hands around his throat. He kicked and struggled, but still the hands became tighter around him, squeezing the air from his lungs. He felt the attacks of unseen hands on his body and knew that he was going to die. He had been lifted from his bed, floating in the air, battling with unseen hands, and was eventually thrown from a height back onto his bed. His fingertips were covered in small cuts, and bruises covered his body. He hoped that the addition of the crucifixes would help him to keep the entity at bay at night. It didn't. No one knows what happened in his apartment the night after he went to the shop. But what is known is that Case left his home at 3.30am and checked into a nearby motel. On Wednesday the 17th of April, Case called Soda again. Soda remembers him being eerily calm. He told her that he had left the house the night before, but that there was no point in running. He said that whatever this was was going to kill him, and that the night of April the 17th would be his last night alive. On this day, Case went to see a Catholic priest, Father Jared Malahan. He explained the story to Malahan and told him that he was going to die that night. Malahan described him as being frightened and asking for information about how to combat evil spirits. Case returned to Evangel Incorporated. Higuchi noted that he looked completely worn out, like he hadn't slept properly in days. Case returned to his apartment. At 8pm, Soder called the local police force and requested a welfare check on her friend. She had become increasingly worried for him and his mental state and the police willingly obliged. They arrived at Case's apartment and finding the door locked spoke to his neighbours. As the door was locked, there was no concern from the neighbours and Case hadn't shown up on any records, the police left the scene. On Thursday, April the 18th, Soda requested another welfare check. She had had no contact with Case and was desperately afraid for his safety. When the police arrived at the scene, they found the apartment door unlocked. When they entered the apartment, this is what they saw. Every edge and doorway of Case's apartment was lined with salt, and small piles of salt were in each corner. In the entranceway, there were piles of salt in complex geometric shapes, potentially symbols of protection. The apartment had been wrecked, but there was no sign of forced entry anywhere and none of the neighbours had reported hearing any disturbance. Notes of how to stop evil forces were littered through the apartment. There were crucifixes everywhere and soft religious music played in each room. The apartment was dark, except for a soft flickering glow in the bathroom. In the bathroom were ten candles, burned right down, and in the bathtub was Christopher Case. He was kneeling in the bathtub with his head resting against the tiled wall to the left of the tap, from which trickled a small steady stream of water. He was dead. Christopher Case was found dead on April 18th 1991, The police officer who found him described that he looked as if he had simply fallen asleep mid-prayer. The autopsy that followed showed that Case had died of myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle that ultimately causes heart failure. Christopher Case died exactly a week after his ill-fated dinner with the mystery woman.
0: That is a crazy story. The first crazy point that came up was the fact that Musac is the name of the company and not just the name they give to the music and elevators. I just thought it was a slang term. I didn't realise it actually. It's an actual company, yeah. That's crazy.
1: So what are your thoughts?
0: I mean it could have just been an underlying cohort condition and a coincidence.
1: Okay, so shall we do some theories?
0: Yeah. If you want.
1: We can do that because then it'll give you something to focus on.
0: You said I'm unfocused. No.
1: I, I did see you writing, though. Did you take notes?
0: Yeah, I need to. I'm better I, when I take notes.
1: Who are you? I'm impressed. <laughs> Theory number one. Christopher Case dies of heart failure. That's a fact. Yep. Which is often, apparently, accompanied by an impending sense of doom.
0: It is possible. It doesn't really matter how fit he is. Cause if no,
1: that's that's irrelevant.
0: If he if had the same heart condition as me...
1: Yeah, so just the. the I looked up myocarditis because yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? What is this it's heart
0: just end condition? Stage called heart disease,
1: right? Yeah, and it's it's an inflammation of the heart. So you can get it if you have an infection, yeah. but it, it can also be an underlying condition. And it do, really doesn't matter your level of fitness, yeah. or th- there are some studies that suggest that overly taking supplements can cause heart issues. Mm hmm he was right in the demographic for people to die of this disease like he it's between like the age males in particular between the ages of 25 and 40 and it's the leading cause of unexplained sudden death in adults so the the fact that he died of this disease is completely not beyond the realms of possibility at all but there are reports that people who are going to have a heart attack or who are entering into late stages of heart failure have this feeling of impending doom.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. I think I think when I was first diagnosed and I was reading all the stuff I shouldn't have read to, that panicked me. Yep. <laughs> um, I think I remember reading something along those lines. Probably not worded in that way.
1: But it's one of those things where they say some people report yeah. feeling a sense of impending doom.
0: Yeah.
1: And they don't really understand why it happens. Yeah. So that's theory number 1. What are your thoughts?
0: Logically, it sounds pretty sounds pretty sound, doesn't make sense, but logically it sounds pretty viable. Yeah. As an option. And the whole week later after his thing is just coincidence. Obviously, I think if my body was making me have an impending sense of doom anyway because I was in the final stages of my life and then I also had a, a meal where a woman stood up <laughs> in the restaurant and cursed me. Might just increase that fear anyway, right?
1: But do you not think it's strange that he knew the day, like that she said, you will be dead within a week, and exactly a week later, he was dead?
0: See, I was thinking about this in context of something else because I've, I've been reading a book, still reading a book about rock and roll stuff. Yeah, it's amazing when people, well, not amazing, it's scary when people say, I think I'm going to die at this age or I'm going to die in this way and it happens but we only know about that because it's reported like man says he's gonna die at 42 and lives to 100 isn't and the story it's is not it. a good
1: news story no, <laughs> no. i mean I, I probably wouldn't be arse reading it to be honest <laughs> no
0: so i'd imagine there's like it's like predictions in general isn't it I've, there's a million people make predictions all the time and like the ones the only ones we hear about are the ones that are right we don't hear about all those ones whereas someone says oh well, in two seconds a bee's gonna fly into the house and pick him up by a rear and take her away I don't. We don't report those, do we? Because they don't happen.
1: No, they don't happen. But they might happen someday, okay? So don't be so passive-aggressive. <laughs> I find it very strange that it was so precise.
0: Oh, it's super strange. And I don't think that's actually the case. Like, I think... Was, okay,
1: well, let's, let's yeah, go on to... But I'm th- just
0: saying it is viable. And actually, the whole, you know, pre- precision of the day that he's going to die is not that unheard of. It's just he happened to get it right. If he'd have said, oh, I'm, I'm going to die... Soon. Soon. And then actually, he died four weeks later. It would That wouldn't have been a detail in the story, would it? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have made a very good story. No. <laughs> Number two. Okay.
1: Christopher Case died of heart failure, but this was accompanied by a form of psychosis. So two completely separate things that collided in his life at this moment in time.
0: I don't know a lot about psychosis. So it's quite hard for me to say whether that's something that could happen... In such a quick onset but from what we know there's not there's not need to be a trigger point
1: not necessarily for some people it can be years and years and years of unrecognized anxiety Mm. people can have i know i I watched a youtube video about this case and in the comments people were arguing about the possibility of schizophrenia be very unusual for him to get to that age and not have had a schizophrenic episode before that yeah but also not completely unheard of and and psychosis can occur very quickly very rapidly it doesn't it doesn't have to be a long term thing
0: so yes it's viable then as well i mean it could be if you look at the story the details of the story that we have he's potentially got a lot of anxiety around his health and stuff anyway because that's often what fuels that rigid discipline about looking after yourself and mm taking the vitamins every day and stuff like that so maybe you're right maybe that like not maybe you're right maybe that theory is right that is a build-up of certain things and this is his breaking point or this is the moment where it surfaces but it's not in a similar way it's not that different to the first one is it it's just it's natural causes but it's two different things yeah but it's
1: adding another element into it yeah to explain the crazy week that he had
0: yeah there's also something to be said for the, just the lack of sleep in general. Like if you've had three or four days consistently of very little sleep or no sleep, that's going to bring on some onset of some kind of mental difficult, mental health difficulties anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, potentially.
1: Number three. Okay. Christopher Case yep. was cursed.
0: Yeah. This woman is very mysterious. Because so we don't get a name or anything, do we? We just get another woman, right?
1: Yeah, we don't get her name. We don't know anything
0: about her. We don't know who she is. She's got an interest in in importing ancient music from... Yeah, Egypt in particular rang a bell in my head because that's where all the Alistair Crowley-based magic with a K comes from. Is A lot of that is based in that sort of um, theology and stuff like that. So that was sort of, you know, I was like, oh, this woman. And then she started cursing him at the table. I want to go with this because it makes the story way more interesting. Doesn't it? And she does sound like there's the potential that she could have the ability to do that
1: theory number four
0: okay none of this is true and you just me a lie no okay
1: so the the facts of this case are that i could verify okay christopher case was a real person
0: okay that's good that's a good start because i was worried you're just going to say this is uh (laughs)
1: this is an urban legend or whatever i did for the longest time i did think it was but it actually it actually isn't so christopher case is a real person right he was a 35 year old man, he worked for Muzak, he had an interest in ancient uh, ancient music. He did that interview with the LA Times, which is, he also did an interview for another music magazine that I don't remember the name of. So we, there's like documented evidence that this man was a real man. The police report when they went into the house absolutely said that there was sold, there was religious artefacts, there was, you know, soft religious music playing that they the, the position in which they found him where he looked like he was mid-prayer in the bathtub leaning against mm. the wall and that he had died, looked like he had died in his sleep. That's all completely true. The Seattle Times ran a story, ran two stories about this actually. The first one being about the surroundings in which he was found and that he believed that he had been cursed. And then they ran, ran a second story when the autopsy came back to say that it wasn't, a suicide or he wasn't he didn't have any drugs in his system that he died of heart failure
0: i think that's important i think that fact is important
1: that it was that he did just die
0: because i think if he'd have if it had been ruled a suicide or if he had been intoxicated in any form
1: well that just
0: then it kind of feeds into a different narrative doesn't it
1: yeah the only part of this case that makes makes me raise my eyebrows is was Sammy they? Soder. Oh, really? Because all of the narrative about the woman, about the curse, about what he saw in his apartment, all of it comes from Sammy. That's the only evidence we have of all of that. Now, obviously, he experienced something because he wasn't a religious man. Right. So whatever he experienced, like he when they went into his apartment, what they saw was completely removed from what how he
0: behaved ordinarily. So is Sammy Soder actually the lady from the restaurant?
1: I don't know. Sammy Soder is a long-term friend. They've been friend- friends for 10 oh, years. Okay. She did have, and I heard a voicemail from him where he says, it's, it's actually very eerie. I'll leave the link in the description, but it's very eerie because he says like, they nearly got me last night. Whatever this is, is evil. It's going to kill me. Whatever. Um, And he's very calm when he's talking to her. But the rest of the story comes from her. And she went on to do an interview yeah. with an Australian TV show that was like that in the from the 90s, which is also linked in the description of this episode. So you can go and watch it. She did an interview. The owner of Evangel Incorporated did an interview. And I believe the priest, the Catholic priest, which is really unusual for them to do any sort of um, formal interview. And she is a psychic medium and talks extensively about christopher case she's interviewed in the seattle times she is interviewed on this tv show and she's the one that says no the family think that that he was cursed or that something happened to him and this woman needs to be found whoever this woman is
0: okay on the flip side of that i can see why you might be skeptical of that story but if you're experiencing this you have a small circle of friends or a big circle of friends but you don't do a lot socially with them that's what i wrote down yeah
1: so he has lots of friends probably more so So, sounded like more so acquaintances yeah
0: you're not going to go to those acquaintances with this kind of bat crazy story are you no you're going to go to someone that is likely to believe you and if you're friends with a medium she'd who you tell the story to right
1: yeah i guess and and uh, like yeah you're going to go to your
0: most spiritually in tune person you're not going to go to an atheist and go look this is going on because your atheist is going to go, you need to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Or, and you're also not going to no, go, know if you've got loads of acquaintances, you're not going to go to any of them because you don't know, you're not on that deeper level. So if you, she's one of the few people that he knows, that he trusts to be able to talk about something like this with, puts a different light on it, I think, from what you're saying. He likes to reveal something now. No, okay. I just found
1: I just found it bizarre that, this, that the, the majority of the narrative of this story is based on her narrative
0: but what if he, if he didn't speak to anybody else but that's true like yeah. if he
1: didn't speak to anybody else he didn't speak to anyone else and you're right you know if if I was in that situation where I thought Jesus Christ like evil spirits are trying to kill me in my sleep I would be more likely to speak to somebody who is more likely to believe me yeah. because that's human nature isn't it you yeah. want to be believed
0: yeah absolutely so what was your fourth theory or was that it that was the fourth theory, Sammy theory? Being... is
1: that Sammy made it up yeah
0: but he still died, though. So the story still happened. And Absolutely, he, yeah. And it deteriorated with over a week. Yes. Because he was he was at that conference, right? Yeah. On the 11th. So it was it was almost exactly a week later he was dead, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But so he was actually in fine, almost in top form, actually, for that conference, wasn't he? And then yeah. a week later, he deteriorated to the point where he was praying in his bathtub or whatever he was doing.
1: So he was at, went on the... Um date with the woman on the 11th and then on the 18th was when the police found him dead
0: it's mysterious it's still mysterious even, it's interesting isn't it even if even if you take sammy out of the equation completely yeah did the date definitely happened
1: well that's we don't know okay we only know the date happened from sammy saying that he called her after the date because he was so like what the fuck just happened
0: see yes yeah, it's i think it's still really mysterious as a story though because you're thinking like i know things can deteriorate with psychosis majorly but that often leads to suicide right or something like not always but like if it was if, it was, if you if were to say someone developed psych- a, a serious bout of psychosis and then was dead a week later you, your presumptions would be suicide rightly or wrongly right
1: yeah or they'd hurt themselves, or they'd hurt accidentally, themselves accidentally in some
0: accidentally. way yeah whereas his story is almost self-preservation like the f- it's it's crazy but he's trying to protect himself he's desperately himself. trying to stay alive yeah in his own head yeah. whatever the yeah, hell yeah, happened yeah. yeah
1: he is doing whatever he can to stay alive and if
0: like if it was you know if he was doing if he'd found you know if they found him like a month later and he'd been you know died of starvation he's that you could have chalked that out chalked that up to something else couldn't you like yeah. that could have been like him trying to protect himself but not doing the things that he needs to do yeah normally yeah but this is such a short amount of time, and he just has he has heart failure. Yeah. So, I think it's either outright heart failure on its own, and the the weirdness comes from that the mental impact that that your your heart giving up has on you.
1: This sense of impending doom yeah. that happens.
0: Or there is something else going on, and I'm leaning towards the something else going on. It's just too weird.
1: Is it such a great story? Yeah. It's short. Yeah. But the details that we have are so interesting.
0: Yeah, and it's such as it's the time frame again, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just that short a week.
0: space of time.
1: If he hadn't, if he hadn't have said, apparently, allegedly, this woman cursed me and said I'll be dead within a week. And if he hadn't have said to Sammy, "I am going to die tonight," this story would just be like a sad story. It is a sad story because a man died. Yeah. And his family allegedly believe that it was something nefarious that happened. And then there were some people that believe he literally scared himself to death.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it could be it could be that this woman existed and she did say that in yeah. a rage. Because we do, I, I've said, I haven't cursed anybody, obviously. But... Have you not? <laughs> but I've said some stupid things when I've been embarrassed out of being hurt. or
1: Yeah, of self-preservation. So, of course yeah. you do.
0: And so she could have said that. And actually not, you know, not done anything with it and probably hated herself for it after. And actually, that accompanied with whatever was going on bio- biologically with him. Just got him to a point where he worked himself off into a frenzy. And then his heart just packed up, reacted in shock, I guess.
1: So It's, it's so, so mad. It's
0: so, like, there's so much to the story. It's very mysterious. It's a good story.
1: Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks very much. Would you like some new reviews? Yeah. Review number one. Comes from Turtle Durdler.
0: That's a great name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it says the perfect mix of creepy and funny. I love that the episodes kick off with a movie review. Movie review. Movie review. I'm a big fan of often terrible horror thriller films. I look forward to their reviews to compare to my own or to add something else to it. The weekly stories are so fun. From ghosts to aliens, if you're a skeptic or a full on believer, this is a really enjoyable podcast and I look forward to new episodes every week. Thank you so much, Turtle Durdler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turtle Durdler.
1: Turtle Durdler. That's so fun to say. Our second review comes from LB Cloud. How can scary be so soothing? started listening in the car but my sleepy eight-year-old begged me to turn off the ghost stories <laughs> so i had to wait until sunday morning jokes on him though no pancakes for anyone since mom is too distracted by these compelling stories to make anything with strong coffee <laughs> the stories are not frightening just disturbingly believable paranormal accounts read in the narrator's beautiful irish accent her calm reading is misleadingly soothing somehow making the content stick in its own haunting way mm. Yes, people say I'm misleadingly, disturbingly misleading all of the time. That is true. (laughs) That would be my Tinder bio.
0: (laughs) Disturbingly misleading.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And finally, OKS93, Gary Funny and Binge Worthy. After having a few strange goings on in my flat, I looked for something that would tell other people's ghost stories and found this gem of a podcast. The dynamic is excellent with Emma's fantastic storytelling skills and great research while Dan's input and knowledge is funny and insightful. I've binged the whole thing while driving in just over a week and look forward to future episodes. Keep up the good work. From Ollie in Salford. I
0: I mean, that's a lovely review, but I think you misspelt knowledge. I mean, I think you misspelt misspelt nonsense as knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're very knowledgeable. Thanks.
1: So if you enjoyed this week's episode... You can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram.
0: At 50P Movie Club.
1: You can find us on Twitter.
0: At Real Ghost Pod.
1: You can send in your own spooky stories.
0: Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com.
1: You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give the page a like. Leave a review if you feel so inclined. And join our supergroup, which is R-L-G-S supergroup. The password is Emma and Dan, and it is the only unsullied corner of the internet. Absolutely. You can also support us on Patreon if you feel so inclined. That is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month, you get an extra spooky episode a week with loads of special guests. And for $2 a month, what do you get?
0: you get the back catalogue of 50p movie club which is a podcast i used to do with will and i now do with dave where we go to the 50p section of the cex we watch a movie it's normally quite bad and we talk about it oh that was really good really concise nice yeah and, well and you also get an episode of 50p movie bites which is a new thing that i've just started doing surprise
1: if you want to see us opening a dibbit box
0: mm.
1: <laughs> you can subscribe to our youtube channel and all of the links to everything are in the description of this episode and on that note